Hi, this is Molly from Always, and you're listening to WWVU Morgantown. When it comes to making plans, you are the best. What about those round trips, which are perfect on your way there and perfect on your way back? Or those meetings with friends, surprise parties, camps, birthdays. The same way you plan for the important moments, start planning to protect you and your loved ones from a natural disaster. Sign up for local weather and emergency alerts. Prepare an emergency kit and make a family communications plan. Get started at ready.gov slash plan. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. But Sarah Bates now, two seconds on the shot clock. She's got to throw one up. Hits the rim and she hits it. Sarah Bates from deep. U92 The Moose, home of West Virginia women's basketball right here on 91.7. With pregame, halftime, and postgame analysis of every Mountaineer home matchup. She gets a screen from Watson, now kicks it over in the corner. It's open for Danny Nichols at the buzzer. She hits it. Danny Nichols, 56-48 West Virginia. Great ball movement there. What a play by the Mountaineers. Join the sports staff for all the coverage here on 91.7. What's poppin', what's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hooping with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hooping. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Spartaneer Podcast with myself, U92 Sports Director, Tanner Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf, and whatever deep dive we have for you this week. It's the Spartaneer, a cross between East Lansing and Morganton, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching the Spartaneer, or at United2TheMoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartaneer. Baseball season is back on U92. Catch every home game on 91.7 with coverage starting a half an hour before first pitch. you got to put the ball in play. 0-2. He does put the ball in play. Fair down the right field line. One run is in. Two runs are in. Abernathy being waved home. There is no throw at the plate. It's a double from Dane Leonard. A three-run double. With great non-conference series against the likes of Penn State, Xavier, Pitt, and Marshall, you do not want to miss this season. Smith ready, the 1-2, swing and a miss again, Smith gets out of it, he inherits two runners and no outs, and strands both of them at second and third. Join the sports staff as they cover the Mountaineers series with the Big 12 Conference this spring, right here on U92 with the Moose. That's the ball game, West Virginia takes down number 18 Texas in Morgantown. Sarah Bates now, two seconds on the shot clock. She's got to throw one up. Hits the rim and she hits it. Sarah Bates from deep. U92 The Moose, home of West Virginia women's basketball right here on 91.7. With pregame, halftime, and postgame analysis of every Mountaineer home matchup. She gets a screen from Watson, now kicks it over in the corner. It's open for Danny Nichols at the buzzer. She hits it. Danny Nichols, 56-48 West Virginia. Great ball movement there. What a play by the Mountaineers. Join the sports staff for all the coverage here on 91.7. From West Virginia University, this is U92.
It's now time to beat the clock on U92 The Moose. Talking sports for the next two hours. Here's the team. Welcome in. It's beat the clock. Good Lord, was it hard to do that today, fellas. And Anissa. Well, some people follow how much water to put in their mac and cheese. Others don't. Six all right? cups? I feel like that's a lot for one measly box. What are you going to do? I don't know. Call Kraft and tell them. I'm yeah, not the I one who made the box. <laughs> I can't say the I can't say the full saying on air. Good lord! But, I mean, I'm positive that kind of sounded a little negative. It's America, American dream, baby. I don't smile, but, but I feel like you should be able to dream as many things as you want. You know. I'm very sore this morning. <laughs> very, very sore. Welcome in. It's Beat the Clock, and uh, happy Monday. Uh, we are all Welcome here in, today. Beat the Clock, and, and it, uh, happy Monday. And so uh, we got the full crew in this morning. Uh, Nisa's on the board this morning. and uh, That's why it sounds so awful. No, no, no. It's good. It's good. We're learning, so it's okay, because we got to have more people be able to uh, run this show out here um, as Brian and I head over to Kansas City this weekend. <laughs> Uh, for the Big 12 tournament, Brian, you feeling good this Monday morning with the clean, fresh shave? Feeling amazing, Tanner. Feeling amazing. It really set the tone. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Got a big week ahead of us, Tanner. And you know, I'm re- I, I I don't know, man. I just I, I can't even talk. I'm just so excited. You look a lot younger, man. I do. You do. Is that good? I mean, it's never bad to look younger. You looking? You looking? I like the outfit, man. I like the Thank flannel. You. you like the you like the slippers? I like the slippers. I like Thank them. You. Got size Can we get an outfit rundown from everyone like this the, morning? You like the slippers? Of course. I mean, if you're going to say you like the white park I wore in. The white park uh, is I, more okay. like a will, will you Will you puffer? take this? I didn't not like it. All right. Fair enough. That, you know, No, I understand. It's just really bright. No, yeah. I understand that my parka is white, but I'm a cost-effective guy most of the time. Okay. Hey, and and so they were both you know, regularly priced 300 bucks. I was at the Nike outlet store. Wow. And that one was fifty, and the black one was still like two fifty. And so I was like, "Well, if one of them's fifty and one of them's two fifty, I really don't care what color Why'd it is." Why do you have to get Nike though? Why can't you go to like LLB? Where are you going to get a parka for fifty bucks? It's that warm. Um, Costco for fifty dollars. Okay, maybe, but like you know, <laughs> I was there. Didn't have a winter coat at the time. It was fifty dollars. I never wear it unless like I'm super cold. But I knew that today was probably the last day I could wear it, and I haven't really worn it this year because you, you know I got juice out of I it. got the new jacket and stuff for Christmas, and so I've been wearing that one. But uh, I wanted I wanted to see what you guys would say about it, and <laughs> I, I really appreciate the constructive criticism. Yeah, I think it, I I have seen it before, Tanner, but I, I think well, of you, course, yeah. The, the fact that you did it with a smile on your face made it even more. Oh if you God, really want to know what it looks like, you have to picture Princess Leia in Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. Thank you. Like, the whole white thing, that's what this um, jacket looks like. Thank you. Skywalker wore one, too. Um, no, he didn't. All right. It wasn't uh, like Yeah, I'm hers. not going to win this fight, am I? <laughs> uh, we're going to start with baseball this morning. Uh, the baseball team won two out of three over the weekend. They won the doubleheader on Saturday. They're now six and four overall. They lose to Richmond yesterday, uh, seven to three. But we'll start with the VCU game, which was the first of two again on Saturday. After the William and Mary game was uh, moot or was canceled 
uh, because of rain. Uh, they played Kanash as, as well, according to the website. Is that right? I thought they no, played William and Mary too. I don't think they did. Yeah, I, I thought that the William and Mary game just got moved to Saturday. If I remember that rightly. No, the William Mary game got canceled. Straight up, they didn't play it, and so they played Canassius as the second part of the doubleheader. Yes. Okay, so they play Canassius on Wednesday right here on U92 in the home opener again. Um, So they've already beat them once this season. But again, we will start uh, with that 8-5 to win over VCU. Uh, out in Richmond at the Diamond. It was 61 degrees, so a little warm, not bad uh, that day. Um, pitching was Blaine Traxel, who's now 2-1 and one on the year. He's had a pretty good start to the year, I would say. You know, He pitched another uh, nine innings, so two complete games already for him this season. They yeah, were both wins. Yeah, <laughs> I, Especially away on the road. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's a, that that's a good thing, right, Sean? Yeah, no, and it just shows he's someone that this uh, pitching staff they can rely on there. I mean, you know, I was singing his praises last time we last time out that he complete, uh, pitched a complete game, and now he's done it again. Uh, I don't know if it's just I, I don't really follow college baseball that closely, but I don't really. You're gonna have I, to. I feel like I don't hear a lot of pitchers completing complete games because I know that's a big topic in the MLB now. Um, you know, pitchers usually get pulled after the seventh. I feel like. You know, if that happens in the majors, that probably happens down at the collegiate level. Yeah. The fact that <laughs> Blaine's doing this, uh, it is really impressive. Um, again, just one is impressive, I feel like. And, yeah. Uh, you know, his second uh, two straight outings, you know, uh, throws a complete game. And this, uh, on that, on Saturday, he pitched 10 strikeouts. So, you know, it was 8-5. to five, So, you know, yeah. a couple runs there. But... The fact that um, you know he was trusted to uh, pitch the entire game uh, that really says something, and I think that says a lot about his composure as a pitcher. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, and, and you know, the thing is, we know that with Randy Mazie, and I know that you guys are kind of new to WVU baseball, but last year and, and just over the course of his tenure in college baseball as a whole, not just here at West Virginia, we know that he can be quick to make a pitching change sometimes. So to see him leave Traxel in there like this again. He knows he can get it done, and he did again. And, yes, he got help from the offense, especially with Dane Leonard. Um, in the fourth, Dane Leonard homered uh, to right field to bring in Landon Wallace and Tevin Tucker. That was the second run of the day for Tevin Tucker. He had an unearned run after Dane Leonard got hit in the third by a pitch uh, where he came home on that. So that, that that's good to see. Um, and then Weatherholt also hit a homer uh, that brought Bra- Braden Berry home in the ninth inning uh, to give West Virginia that win against VCU. And the Canadian Ashes game, uh, which followed it about 45 minutes after, they're able to win that one 2-1 in a much tighter effort, and those two runs came in the eighth inning, uh, or three to two, excuse me. I'm looking at it backwards. They scored one in the uh, second, one in the fifth, and one in the eighth. Uh, it was Landon Wallace doubling a right field, Weatherholt singling. Uh, that brought home Salve, and then Weatherholt brought home Wallace in the fifth, so it wasn't the same. And then Dane Leonard uh, singles it up the right field, uh, to get Weatherhold home on an unearned run, um, but that that gave them the lead, and then they were able to hold on to that in the ninth and, and bring home the win. So overall, I think it's a pretty good start for this team, who you know started off the year with those two straight losses to Georgia Southern. They beat the uh, day three pitcher. They're up to six and four right now uh, as they come home 
this week now, which I imagine they're very excited for. Uh, I haven't really looked at the forecast this week for Morgantown, but based off the day. It's supposed to be uh, 45 and sunny. Yeah, so it's not that bad um, because it really wasn't that cold this morning. It said 34, and I figured it would be colder, but there really wasn't much wind. Um, and up there at Mon County Ballpark, you know, you're up a little higher than where we are down here on downtown campus in Morgantown. But, uh, you know, I, I imagine they're going to have some juice for this one against Canassius after already beating them. And then they know they got a nice series against Minnesota coming up as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they practically opened their entire season uh, on a month-long road trip. Right. So the fact that they're able to come back home, you know, with some juice, they're 6-4, six and, uh, six and four, coming back. Uh, it's they're, they're, I would definitely assume they're excited. And again, uh, they should be. Um, anytime you play a doubleheader, it's tough. Like The general rule of thumb is you want to split that. You at least want to get one. Uh, but the fact they're able to go out and take care of business in two games, uh, that uh, is really good. Uh, it shows, uh, I think, uh, the, the makeup of this team, that the fact that they're able to... Uh, grind out these long types of games because we know there's going to be some because of the weather and whatnot and how it affects baseball there's probably going to be more double headers on the future yeah while they drop the game sunday uh i don't think you're ever going to be upset if you right. win two games in one day yeah right you know you moved a little too quick throughout these baseball games but i do want to bring up um you mentioned landon wallace is new right he's mm-hmm. new to this team and he's already a name that we've been hearing so often you know he's been driving in these runs he's been making these kind of like you know hits and creating um i guess runs when you need them lack of a better term but he's going i think he's going to be one of the standout stars in this season like on the road he's already playing like this so i think he's going to continue this as the mountaineers make their way home this week yeah uh he came over from nevada uh, this past off season, so not a uh, West Coast transfers. Yeah, no, it, it is, and it's. I think you know a little bit about. You can come to West Virginia and you can compete. Uh, you know, it's one of my favorite things to say, and I know I've already said it a couple times, but the fact that this team has the best attendance of a non-Southern baseball team means something, and, and you know that you're going to have a crowd at every game that's going to come out and support you. And, and baseball is important. Uh, to this school and to the state, and West Virginia is their team, just like every other sport. Um, we we would uh, like to tell you to go follow United to the Moose on Twitter uh, to find out about all of these games this week. So I mentioned that Brian and I, uh, again, this is beat the clock with Anissa Tanner, Sean, the other Tanner, and Brian. Um, we have a lot. This is the biggest week for U92 this this calendar year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian and I will be going to the Big 12 tournament. We get to call the men's games, and we're doing the women like we always do. So the men will be terrestrial here in Morgantown on 91.7 FM. You cannot listen to it on the website. So if you're in the local area and you want to listen to that game, we ask that you turn your radio to U92. For the women's games, they will be available to stream online as well as on 91.7. And for baseball, as long as neither basketball team is on the radio, you will be able to hear them on both as well. If, for some reason, a game lines up, please go check out 
the U92 Twitter. That's where we will have all the information for you. Uh, or you can go to U92TheMoose.com, click Listen Live, and if there's two games at once, there will be two different streams that you're able to choose from. And you can choose to either listen to those out at Mon, Mon County Ballpark or tune in to Brian and I from Kansas City. We love anybody that's going to listen to anything. We appreciate it. And uh, it, it's going to be a really good week, guys. I'm very excited for all of us. I know that everybody in here is working a game in some sort of way. I know that you're calling a game, Sean. Mounts is calling a game. Anissa, you're calling a game? Um, I'm going to be doing You're uh, doing just, just pre, pre and post for baseball? I'll also be here for um, the men's basketball game on Wednesday. Right. So even if they're... They all they've they've got a lot to do here. If if they're staying in Morgantown, you know Brian and I will be out in Kansas City. But you know Anissa just said it right there. She's doing pre pregame and postgame out at Mon County Ballpark, then coming back over here to the U ninety two studios to do pre half and post for the men's basketball game. That's a, that's a that's a full day, Anissa. I mean, it's fine. I I'm actually looking forward to it because I get to like talk about the men's basketball team, which. I love talking about the women's basketball team, but this men's team is just on fire right now. Yeah, it's a, it's a great opportunity for us uh, here at U92 as we continue to try to bolster our coverage of West Virginia athletics, and we want to do a good job with that. And so we're going to give you the best we have this week, and we can promise you that. Again, go follow U92 The Moose on Twitter. Uh, to find out as much information as you possibly can. Uh, another thing I'll tell you to do, too, if you want a ton of coverage, is subscribe to the Sports Page Podcast. We're going to have some bonus content in there this week with Tanner Mounts and his bracketology predictions. He's our bracketologist here at U92. And also subscribe to the Mountaineer Sports Insider on your podcast feed. There will be multiple podcasts, one every single day from the Big 12 tournament with myself and the Daily Athenaeum's Luke Blaine. Uh, that's a student media podcast where we have stuff every week for you, but Luke Blaine is heading out to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament as well, and we will have a show every single day posted in that podcast feed. There's no sports night this week. There will be Beat the Clock on Friday morning, but with the men's game on Wednesday night, that will take Take the place of Sports Night. You'll have to listen again on 91.7 on your FM dial. Let's start with the women's basketball team and what they did. They finished the regular season 19-10 and 10 overall, 10-8 and 8 in the conference, on a three-game winning streak, and they finished 13-2 and 2 at the West Virginia Coliseum, a heck of a home, uh, a home you know, Record there, yeah. They protected the Coliseum in, in a very, very good way. Three and seven on the road, but three and one at neutral site games. So that gives you some hope too, going into Kansas City. And like I said, you finish on a three-game losing streak. They are slated to play Oklahoma State on Friday morning at 11 a.m. Central Time. So that'll be 12 noon back here uh, on U92. You can listen live to that one. That'll be Brian and myself. But they get the win not only on, on Wednesday at home to close out. Uh, as well as the win the Saturday previous on February 25th against Kansas State. And then they go down to Waco, and they take care of business against this Baylor team who was really playing hard. The, Baylor was playing for something. Uh, they did not want to be a lower seed than West Virginia. West Virginia, I don't think that the women were ever ranked this year. I know they received they votes. Weren't. They weren't. But Baylor was a team who was ranked for most of the year. They came to the Coliseum all the way back uh, in as, January. As the 18th ranked team. Right, and, and West Virginia beats them by nine that day. But then they go down to Waco for Baylor's senior day, and they beat them by 11. It, it was a 63-52 final, and 
Matty Smith had a career day. You, you can't tell me this team does not want to win some games here. Obviously, three in a row, I said it, but Matty Smith has 30 points on Saturday. 9 of 18, 50% from the floor, 3 of 11 from 3, 9 of 10 at the free throw line with 8 rebounds and 7 assists. Almost a triple-double yeah. from her. A great day for Matty Smith, guys. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about how on uh, senior night uh, she had a great game then and to finish her uh, regular season playing career at the Coliseum. Okay, that's a great storybook ending. To finish her last regular season game as a Mountaineer, she goes out and tops that. Um, and I mean, we've been saying it all along. This is uh, unquestionably her team. She's the leader of this team. She's the best player on this team. And more often than not, she shows up and she shows why she's the best player on this team. Um, it was just an incredible game from her. And this was a, a really tough game going into it. Uh, you maybe thought that, you know, after winning it on senior night, the emotional uh, release from that maybe would have slept into them being caught sleepwalking a little bit through the game. Uh, but that didn't happen. They were composed the entire time. Uh, Coach P had them ready to play, and they played hard. Uh, and they wanted to, you know, close the season out on a high note. And, again, what has been a really good season. I mean, we've been saying it all season long that, you know, we even said it – couple weeks ago that no matter what the season's already a success and now they have a chance to exceed even that and that's what's really special about this team is that the fact that we don't know what their ceiling is we don't know what their uh, but we at least know what their floor is and the floor is you know they might be dancing (laughs) yeah no for sure sean i definitely agree with what you're saying i think obviously we've we've sat down here multiple times, but for Coach P's first season, as you said, definitely exceeded expectations. And just watching the game, the Baylor game, like it just looked like Madison Smith is like on a mission right now. Like JJ Cornelly hasn't shot the ball very efficiently. I mean she's done other stuff like uh, she's gotten steals. She still is out there on the floor, you know, facilitating the ball and whatnot. But like just watching that Baylor game, like you could just tell like Madison Smith is she's not going down without a fight. And that's that's all that's what that's what I love about this team. All the players, they all like they're never going to question their effort, their defense. Yeah, the, 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 as a team, they have you know they, there's a, a they have a a little bit too many of the scoring droughts, but their defense is always there. Their effort's always there. And I, I really just think they bought into Coach P's system, which you don't see a lot of times with first year head coaches. It takes time to adjust. But as I said. Um, as we've said, the season definitely exceeded expectations. I'm interested to see how far this team can go in the Big 12 tournament. And they can make noise in March Madness if they uh, obviously get in. Yeah, no, I think they're a team that – I think they're realistic with it themselves and that they know what their flaws are, and that is that sometimes they go on these droughts. They don't really shoot it consistently all a lot. But even when that happens, they play hard, and they're going to at least, you know – try their best on defense and more often than not that's good enough they love to create turnovers and they love to score off of those turnovers and that's a big effort thing and again the fact that they were able to buy like to your point they were able to buy in to this system in year one that says a lot about the players resolve and that says a lot about uh coach p yeah no um sean you mentioned they like to you know kind of discuss their flaws and acknowledge them and that's something that they take full um I don't know what the what the word is. They take like full responsibility for it. That's what I was saying. Sorry, it's early. Um, but you know, you'll have Madison Smith in the presser, JJ Quinterly in the press conference saying, you know, we could have done better, I could have done better. Mm-hmm. They never, you know, put the blame on somebody specifically. It's always I could have done better. And I think that's what makes this team so successful. They're not just trying to point the finger 
when they lose or they put up a bad um, period, they'll just, you know, bounce back and they'll put their best foot forward to kind of um, save themselves again. Yeah, right now, uh, looking at ESPN, they are currently the last team in with this one. And you guys are talking about matchups, and absolutely. So uh, the the reason that they're the last team in right now is because the Big 12 tournament is weird. Uh, For whatever reason, it hasn't started yet when most of their conference tournaments in uh, women's basketball are pretty much complete. Yeah, I think that they're like the last power five to definitely go. Yeah, so uh, you look at you look at the teams that are behind them in the bubble and their seasons are done. Uh Oregon, Arkansas, Syracuse, Nebraska, Kansas State, those are the five out. Uh they don't have a game left to play. So you got to think West Virginia uh definitely secures a spot with a win in the Big 12 tournament. And even, you know, not winning a game, does that drop them out when other teams are already done as well? Like I don't think so. Um but winning a game for the Mountaineers will be a very good chance barring any you know non-conference major uh like upsets or things like that uh to knock them out but they'd be playing a st john's team first round and then a chance to go on and play a five seed which i think well that st john's team is the one that beat uconn i think uh, i think that that's correct Uh, i i might be wrong uh while you look into that just to just to remind yes, you, yeah, yeah, they got that UConn team. That's what I thought, but and it was on the road. They also lost to UConn. Yeah, but that UConn team is you yeah. know a top ten team, yeah. uh, and so uh, on this three game UConn too. Yeah, they, yeah, they won on the road. Um, at, on this three game win streak, uh, Maddie Smith had twenty, twenty two, and thirty. So like Brian said, she's definitely been on a mission. And I mentioned that they play Oklahoma State in the first round as. Uh, the five seed in Oklahoma State's the four. Um, they beat Oklahoma State last Wednesday, seventy-one to sixty-seven. It got tight at the end, but they had a lot of control of that game. I felt it was a lot of back and forth, um, and, and so this is a team you went one and one with. Uh, both teams won at home, and so now you're playing in Kansas City. Um, and, and I, I think that uh, with with them being the last team in, they definitely want to win this game just to give you a little more safety behind it because if you do lose, then you're done as well and you have nothing else in front of you to play. Uh, and, and then you kind of got to wait and it's out of your hands at that point, right? So right now it's still in their hands. What can this team do? They know that they need to win this one. They were saying that uh, after the Oklahoma State game last Wednesday when we last were able to talk to them in the media room after the game, and it was J.J. Quinterly and Isis Bay who came in there, and uh, they they were feeling good about themselves. And you could definitely tell they were feeling good about themselves when they posted the video of the locker room celebration after beating Baylor. And all of you guys loved the oh video. Boy. And then I talked to you about it a little bit, and you guys were like, wait a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I get that they sweeped Baylor. All right, nothing against that. But uh, I don't know if I'm posting the, you know, the broom sweep video after the game when you're not a lock for the tournament yet. And, yes, it's definitely a good thing. But this is a Baylor team you could potentially play again. And if you, you know, that's, that's a lot of fire that you're giving Baylor to play with. Um, you know, Brian, as a, as a player, I, you know, this could be for any sport. When mm-hmm. uh, that sort of thing happens, you, you might be thinking to yourself, oh, we're going to go beat the hell out of them next time we play them, uh, you know, if they're going to be doing that in our locker room after they beat us on senior night uh, and, and all of the things that go with that. Just a lot of emotion there. But they, they took control in Waco, and they won a really big game for them. Uh, again, they finished the regular season at 19-10 and 10 overall. The other thing, too, is they've only played 29 games. There are teams that have played two or three more games in them as well, and you wonder, you know, maybe if they played a couple more non-conference, if – 
you know, maybe being 22 and 10 would change people's perspective on them. I get that, you know, you'd probably play some mid-major teams that don't have the same talent, but having just more wins to put in front of that, you know, it's not a 20-win season. Usually people say 20 wins gets you in. Well, they won, you know, 10 10 of their 18 Big 12 games in a pretty good conference, and they do finish 19-10 and overall. And in their non-conference slate, you know, the losses were to really good teams. You know, they lose to that Penn State team, um, and then they take the other one uh, too early on, I thought. I can't find – oh, the NC State game as well was the big one where they lost to number 13 NC State. That was down at the Cancun Challenge. Um, so they had only two losses in the non-conference before they come in and lose to Oklahoma and Iowa State to start off Big 12 play. But they sweep Kansas State. They sweep TCU. They sweep Baylor. They split with Kansas and Tech. Um, and they lose both to Texas, although I felt like they could have split with Texas. And so if you're saying you're splitting with most teams in the conference or sweeping most teams in the conference, that's a really good thing. The only teams that swept them were Oklahoma and Texas. So two out of ten is a pretty good number, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think that comes from not being able to stop both Quinterly and Madison Smith. Uh, like The duo is so good that... You know, you're seeing J.J. Quinterly now be a little less uh, effective and efficient from the field, but now you're seeing Maddie Smith step up. Uh, so, like, it's hard to stop both of them, and I think that's why you're seeing less, or really not any, getting swept by any teams here in the Big Twelve. Is it's just hard to stop that stop that backcourt. Like, uh, slowing both of them down is almost impossible, and it is going to be a tough task. And when both of them step up, which is I think a key into the Oklahoma State game, you know, the last win they were able uh, to get, Quinley was able to put in 15, but it was a very inefficient 15. If you can get a little bit uh, more of an efficient night from Quinley and continue this Madison Smith uh, run that she's currently on, this is going to be a really tough team to beat. Yeah, I don't know any team in the country that could beat this West Virginia team when both of them are on. Uh, and I'm going to say the flip side of that is also the defensive side of the ball, too, because they're both really good defenders, too. So even when they're not – when even though Quinterly hasn't been as uh, efficient from the field, you know, defensively she's still – she averages, I think, just over two steals per game or just about two steals per game. So she's going to be uh, – her impact's going to be felt no matter what. So but when they're both on offensively, when they're both, you know, shooting the ball well, getting to the rim, getting to the free throw line, uh, there's not many teams that are going to beat this West Virginia team. Yeah, and a lot of it's also – finishing around the bucket. That was one thing that they did really well this last Oklahoma State game. Yeah, when you bring Isis Bay in and she's that force down there in the paint, that's what we were all talking about in February and January, how much we want to see her get more time. Because, yes, Blackston's down there as well, but Blackston can be more efficient from outside. And if you could run a lineup where you got Blackston and Bay defensively and then you're able to put you know Blackston out on the wing and and send it to her and then she can either shoot it or pass it inside down to Isis Bay underneath, you're going to be pulling guard or you know bigs all over the place, all over the floor, offensively, and create a lot of mismatchups and, and be able to score effectively that way. If they're able to win against Oklahoma State, it looks like they would play Texas. Texas is going to play the winner of Texas Tech and Kansas State, um, and, and you never know. Texas Tech did beat Texas on the road this season, 
Um, and, and so they split with, with Texas, and, and that can be a very interesting matchup. But they'll play at 12 noon Central Time on Saturday if they're able to get the win against the four seed in Oklahoma State. That's why that win against Baylor was so big, too, because Baylor now plays Iowa State, uh, who is the three seed. Baylor is the six seed. If they would have lost that game to Baylor, Baylor would be the five seed and West Virginia would be the six. This was a West Virginia women's team who was picked to be ninth in the conference, or maybe even tenth. And they're able to come all the way up and be the fifth seed in the conference. Kind of similar to the men in that aspect where they were both picked towards the bottom at the start of the season. Because this squad brought in a bunch of transfers. You bring in a new head coach. And you're not picked near the top of your conference, but you're able to take what that coach is telling you, run the system, and be very effective at it. And what Brian's saying about Quinterly and Smith is so right. And I think that, you know, J.J., while maybe the scoring is not there, she is pulling, you know, probably the number one or number two defender on every team. And her and Maddie are able to work together and be able to beat them. Yeah, I don't know going into this season how many people outside of the locker room would have picked West Virginia to make the NCAA tournament at the end of this year. They have – it's hard to put into words just how incredible this season has been for the Mountaineers and Coach P. In her first season, like you said, a bunch of transfers. How is she going to put everything together? Uh, kept a lot of girls too. You, you, know, you yeah. convinced you convince Quinnerly to stay, which was huge. And, and, yeah, and, and Madison Smith in that fact. But even just the improvement – throughout this season you know we knew from the the get-go that this is going to be a defensive team this is going to be a team that is up in your face uh forced turnovers that is how they that is how they created their offense early in the season but to see the progression that coach P's had in this team to now they're an offensive team as well now they they make shots they get open looks they feed the ball down low it is a much better and a lot more smooth offensive team than it was in the beginning of the season so to see that improvement in just one season already, like Mountaineer fans have to be absolutely, you know, ecstatic moving forward about where Coach P can take this program. Well, I think another factor in this was, you know, there was a there obviously was a coaching change, but also Coach P brought over her entire staff from South Dakota, right? She came from South Dakota. Yeah. South Dakota um, State, yeah. She came from there. She brought her entire staff, and I think not having any remnants of the last coaching staff on there kind of helped usher in this new era for the basketball team and specifically how they run everything. So I don't necessarily blame people for being hesitant to put West Virginia. I mean, we were too. Yeah, like we were really apprehensive about how the season was going to go because we knew absolutely nothing going into it. Like we knew, you know, Coach P was coming over. She was bringing, you know, Kyle Watson over. You had Sarah Bates transfer and Danny Nichols. You had all these people come over. You had, you know, players who redshirted, who were starting, who were, you know, going to play this year, not necessarily starting. And you just didn't know how everything was going to line up. So, yeah, I don't blame them for being hesitant. But I think West Virginia, and specifically the women's basketball team, have earned their stripes. Well, entering the year, the big thing that we wanted to see from this team just was going to be what's a West Virginia-led team going to look like under Don Plitzelwhite. Uh, we wanted to see, you know, how they were going to play, how they were going to officiate on offense and defense. And we just wanted to see, you know, weren't expecting much. You just wanted to see, you know, a good culture uh, and just a fun team because, again, there was a ton of unknowns, and this team was, you know, fairly or unfairly pegged to be one of the lesser teams in the Big 12. And, you know, now it's just – 
crazy how like sports is and now we're kind of expecting and anticipating to play in more in the in the tournament yeah so again which yeah. just again speaks tons of the credit to coaches the players the staff everyone on this team uh they've all bought in um and it's really and you know as much as, as exciting as it's been to watch them this year uh i still think it's going to be exciting years to come again when you get in when coach p gets in her recruits and gets in her players and builds continues to build uh up this program yeah i definitely agree with what you're saying sean <clears throat> and uh, you know the vibes I get just from being from being in the post game press conferences and just being watching the games and seeing how the players interact with the coach, I think Coach P is like a really a true players coach. Like she's not afraid to get on you if you make mistakes, but you never see her really lose her composure. There's a level of respect. Yeah, and she kind she kind she lets her players play, which I think is really important. Give them the confidence because when you see as confident as Madison Smith is right now, like um, you got to give credit to Coach P for putting that into her that that confidence because she's playing the best basketball of of really of her of definitely the season probably of her career yeah and, and you know we've seen coach p do that at times early on yeah. in the season when other teams would go on run on runs in, in the non-conference slate she would not call a timeout yeah. make them figure it out on the floor and, and those are big things where you trust your players so they're going to trust you back mm-hmm. yeah i remember we did the very first pregame show for the first game of the season sean and i um and the word in that one, the general consensus was, you know, you have to give Coach P time. Like, things aren't going to go great this season. Well, let's just see what see what she does in the Big 12, see, you know, maybe they win a couple games. Like, that was the expectation. That was the vibe of the room of, you know, it, it, this is not quite her team yet. She hasn't brought in her recruits, all of that. Like, give her time to do things. This season might not go great. And now you're looking at it, and it's like, Let's go win a couple tournament games. It's like it's been a complete 180 from where we were walking into this season. Um, it's just been an incredible thing to watch, and this team not only has blown away expectations, but like I was saying earlier, has like grown. You can you if you go back and watch their earlier games, you can see a visible growth in this team from the start of the season to where they are now. And I think that's what has me so excited. If this team were to get in the tournament, is what can they do with that? Uh, because you know they struggled in their outer conference, you know their Power Five outer conference games earlier in the year. But that was a total different team with where they are now. I'm excited to see what they could put together. Yeah, and to or you go really quick because I'm going to just provide context on that. Well, you know, like Brian was saying, Coach P knows how to um, maximize her time, and she likes to have them work through the problems before she definitely calls a timeout. But the one thing, like if you sit close to the court. You mentioned you guys mentioned how she's very like you know calm. She gets into it like she will you know yell. She's not like screaming you know anything bad, but she gets into it. You can tell she's very passionate about this team, about basketball, and she wants what's best for them. So she's not going to you know let them flop and fail while they're down. She's going to help them you know maybe sub someone in, help them get back to a place where she doesn't need to take that time out and they're able to work through it, which I think that's one of the most important skills that you can have as a college athlete and even just a person in general. When something goes wrong, you need to work through it and you need to learn how to work through it without stopping every two seconds. And then again, that just plays into, you know, there's a huge level of respect between her and her players and the fact that they buy into her coaching style. Um, they trust her. They do. And then, again, it's, it's, you know, she's the biggest thing, I think, is, again, she 
trusts this, uh, she trusts the team, especially Madison Smith. Like she, that that's her, uh, you know, leader on and off the court. She just trusts her to calm things down, and she trusts the players, uh, you know, to play off of, uh, with Maddie, and then just to play with each other. And I think that's a big thing. I think again, what Tanner was saying is that this team. They're completely different. A big part of that is, I think, is the trust and the level of communication between each player. They know how to play with each other. They know how each of their styles are incorporated. Yeah, and and so to provide context, too, you've got to remember, you know, Mike Carey is a legend of the women's basketball program, okay? Coach P is the sixth coach in program history, and Mike Carey, outside of Nikki Izzo-Brown, I think is the longest tenured coach here coming out of last year and he'd been here since 2001 he has a big 12 regular season title he's won a big 12 tournament okay and he's made a sweet 16 i think too he's had a lot of success at west virginia all right so you know there's a a changing of the guard where you have a coach who you know isn't isn't like fired or anything like that he retires and he is now going to be inducted into the West Virginia sport or to the WVU, uh, you know, athletics hall of fame, whatever it's called this season, uh, one year after he retires. I mean, that's how quick you do that. There, there's a reason for that. And, and so coach P's not coming in to take down a program who was like down. Right. Yeah. And she's able to pick up the pieces and look at last year and go, okay, this team went 500. All right. And they had a ton of injuries. That was more of the problem than anything last year is you could not get the girls out on the floor at the same time. K.K. Deans ends up getting hurt. Esmeri Martinez was hurt. All of these players were hurt. I mean, you go look at Jasmine Carson, who's down at LSU this year. She's one of the best players on the best team in, on one of the best teams in the country after she transfers out, right? K.K. Deans goes to Florida. Esmeri's gone, too. All, a bunch of these players who were staples of this team last year are not here this year. Maddie Smith decides to stay. I think she's part of the reason that J.J. is here. J.J. said that she's excited to take over this team after Maddie graduates this fall or this spring. Okay, There is a culture here at West Virginia, and it's not like Coach P changed yet because what do we keep saying? This team plays tenacious defense. They're a West Virginia basketball team. We know they're going to press. We know they're going to try to create fouls. We know they're going to go back the other way. And she has taken all of that and had been able to keep it together, but then add her own things into it, add her own flair into it. And, yes, she coaches a little different than Mike Carey. Mike Carey was sometimes quick to call a timeout, and it worked a lot of the times for him. They're two completely different coaching styles, in my opinion. And Coach P has come in here and done it her way, and she's also found success. But a lot of credit still has to be given to Mike Carey for taking this team when he came in, elevating it, and now where they're at at this point. He, again, has won a Big 12 tournament, a Big 12 regular season title, and he's made some runs in March. And so, you know, I don't think that uh, sometimes he always gets the credit he deserves for that. And so, you know, when people come in here and they say, oh, this program was down, there's no way you can say that, okay? This guy's been here since 2001. He did a great job. And when you look at it, too, the other thing, you know, this isn't against the other programs, but it's him and Nikki Izzo-Brown who've won Big 12 championships, okay? None of the other coaching staffs have really, in the revenue sports, you know, men's soccer, obviously, there's not a Big 12 conference, so you can't really apply that the same way, but... The men's basketball team and the football team have both not won conference titles or regular season titles. You know, they've not won the championship games, but these th- this program has. And, and so 
Coach P has the ability, because they have a bye now as the five seed, to win the first game on Friday. And then if they can win on Saturday, they will be in the conference championship game on Sunday. So they did what they needed to do in the regular season to now come in here to Kansas City this week and win two games and play for a tournament title. That is a huge opportunity for them, and I don't think they're going to waste it. They did not falter down the stretch. They come out winning three in a row to close out the season. I, I know we've said that already, but that's a that's a huge thing, okay? Well, they, I think a big it, part of that was that Texas Tech game. They lost in double overtime by it right, was you, a you, very you, poor yeah, possession. You could say you won five of six. They won four of six to close out the season. Yeah, though. so yeah. then they went on a run. Like, yeah, that's, and they knew they needed to. They are getting it done. They are... And they have a fire lit underneath them. They are fueling it themselves. Nobody else is fueling it at this point. It is anything and everything that they want, they can achieve it. They are a fantastic team when they are put together, when they don't have injuries like they had a couple weeks ago. They are a really good team. Their second best defense in the Big 12 Conference, correct me if I'm wrong, right behind Texas. Yeah, they, they do a lot of things right. And- so they are... They are going to get it done down in Kansas City. I have no doubt about that. Oh, look, Anissa's taking it to the bank, guys. <laughs> like, uh, I, just, I really believe in this team. No, I, I, I get what you're saying. Can you pull Charles Barkley and guarantee it? I can't. I'm not going to pull You're going to guarantee a win against this Cowgirl team who they just I beat last guarantee. week? Well, you know, the other thing, too, is this first-round matchup, I really do like it. You know, I get that you just played this team. So, number one, you don't really have to change much because you played them last week. But... Brian and I, we were looking at the stats before the game. And, I mean, this is the perfect matchup, okay? West Virginia is the ninth best offense in the league. Now, you know, remember, these are all within two or three points for the most part. But, uh, you know, West Virginia doesn't play themselves. If they played themselves defensively, they'd be the number one team in, in, in the league, right? I think, Mounts, you said that about the Texas team who's got the number one defense. They get to play West Virginia twice, and West Virginia has to play Texas twice. However... Oklahoma State is the second-best offense in the league, okay? So 2-2, they match up right there. And then on the three-point shot, which is a big part of this game, West Virginia's got the number-one defense against the three-point shot, and Oklahoma State has the number-one three-point shot in the league. And based off of that last game uh, against the Cowgirls at home, West Virginia was able to hold them defensively. They did a very, very good job. This Oklahoma State team moves the ball like crazy offensively. And, And, Brian, early on in that game, we were watching, and we were like, I mean, it looks like Oklahoma State's going twice as fast offensively as this West Virginia team is. You know, because sometimes I think that West Virginia moves the ball well, and then you go watch that Cowgirl team, and everybody touches the ball on every possession, it feels like. Obviously, that's not true, but that's what it looks like out there. Nobody stops moving. And West Virginia kind of started to do that, too. And they found a lot of efficiency, and they were very effective when they did that. And, and so I think when Coach P goes back, and they go back this week to watch the tape, I don't know if they're traveling today or tomorrow. I would assume they're traveling probably tomorrow because they have the bye too and the women's tournament doesn't technically start till thursday like the men start on wednesday so they finish on saturday the women start on thursday they finish on sunday so it's a little different there as far as the travel times and all of that stuff goes but this is a great first round matchup and i think that if they win and i'm just going to say i assume texas wins for the sake of this argument this is a texas team that yes okay the game in austin that was the worst game of the year i think overall for this team you know you could say the nc state game is also similar in that aspect but this is a team they should have probably beaten at home 
they, they 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 were down three going into the fourth quarter, and they they had just a scoring route. And so if they don't do that, they might split with Texas, and then you're looking at them being a four or three seed in this conference, and probably a lock for the tournament because that's a great quad one win. So I, I think they match up well in the first round, and then if they can play well in the second round, there's no reason they can't play in this conference championship game. Yeah, no, I, I obviously. You know, we called the game Tanner. It was almost, it was just a fun game to watch, even from both from both teams. Like Oklahoma State, as you said, moves the ball well, and they're a team that really they have like six players who can really score the basketball. So that you know that that's the winning formula: moving the ball, having everyone touch the having everyone touch ball. And as you said, it feels like they everyone touches every single possession. That's just how it felt watching the game. So that's why I'm excited for this another ma- this uh, matchup they have coming up because. Again, it's the tenacious defense of West Virginia against that high-powering offense, Oklahoma State. But both teams can defend. Uh, bo- both teams have proven that you know Oklahoma State can also defend, and West Virginia can also shoot the ball well. And so that's why I think it's going to be a fun matchup because they 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 both are kind of forced to play a different way if they both if they want if they both want to come up on top. So that's why it's going to be a fun game in basketball to watch. Yeah, that Texas game at home is the game I keep coming back to. The one that is just one on the season. I that's one. Definitely, I think they should have had. Uh, you and I were on the call for that one, Tanner, and I just think, you know, even on the broadcast, there was a ton of things going in that game. There was a ton of calls. I just, I will never forget that second quarter just because of first two minutes of action. There was, like, at least ten whistles. Yeah, that uh, was and, a crazy game. And that was the thing about the Oklahoma State game, too. There was almost no whistles yeah, throughout yeah. it. Yeah, and, you know, they were at a pretty big deficit. Stormed back to get within three. And at that point, they were just, I think, I think they were just gassed at that point because of, you know, of all the time stoppages and everything and the yeah. fact that they had to go on oh. that huge run. Um, I know, and we even said, and I keep defending it, like that final score is not an indicator at all of how that game went. Yeah. And then, you know, they got blown out in Texas, but, you know, that's going to happen. Every team gets blown out. And the fact that this Texas team's really good. <laughs> so. But so I, I really do give them credit that they really did battle uh, here. And I think that's one, uh, you know, they were able to, they played it close at home. They got blown out away. And this is where I really think, you know, these uh, neutral site matchups really come into play because there's not going to be, you know, one distinct court advantage for the other. It's really just going to see our our players against your players. Yeah. and Duke it out. So, uh, former sports director of United 2, Mr. Luke Wiggs, was texting me last night asking who was going to Kansas City, among other things. And, you know, I check in with the old guys still sometimes, and, and I appreciate that they, they respect me enough to reach out to me, too. That means a lot to me. So, I mean, you know, maybe Ben Mackey's listening, um, but I doubt it. But, uh, you know, it, it was cool to hear from him, and he said that the. Uh, Women's tournament is a top five venue of his that he's ever been to to call a game at. Um, And he said, you know, it it kind of uh, looks like on the court because it's like an – what is the I for, it, it what is it called Brian do you remember off the top of your head what it is called the, uh the, the the women's championship is at the municipal auditorium yeah so when you hear auditorium what what does that make it's more of like a concert hall kind of place right <laughs> right well it's it it, it it looks like it's a, a smithsonian is, is what i said just from the outside and, and luke wick said it's a very weird atmosphere in there and so I think that that could be to the benefit of West Virginia because this is a team who already plays on an island in this conference. And, and so to be able to adjust to that, I think, is something that they will be able to do. Um, 
The other thing, too, is that uh, if you listen to U92 all the time, I'm sure that you're familiar with my voice on the commercial breaks where, you know, it's the basketball promo with Anissa talking, and then you hear the Sarah Bates. You Aren't know? you guys sick and tired of it? Yeah, well, the Sarah Bates one was from that Texas game, and it was what put him down three. And it was such a big shot because it was at the buzzer of the shot clock, and she threw it up. And you can hear Sean just laugh in that promo because he couldn't believe it went in. And, and that's the type of break sometimes this team gets. And obviously every team gets something like that at some point. But this team can score and, and they can hang with these teams because they are one of these teams, I think. And, and they they need to be looked at that way. This team, I think, demands a lot of respect. And we know for sure that Maddie and JJ have that respect. But I think the rest of the team needs something like that. Because when you look at that Waco game uh, against Baylor, Kaya Watson shot five shots. They were all threes, and she made three of them. She went to the free throw line, shot two, and made two of them. And her stats don't show up most of the time on the box score, but what she does defensively is incredible. And, Brian, you know, you talk about it all the time. I know that you guys see it, too. Kaya Watson won them that game against Oklahoma State at, at the end, down the stretch. And, and so this is a team, I think, right now that's playing with a ton of confidence. And if I'm another team in the Big 12, I don't know if I want to play them in the first round. Yeah, I mean, you were just talking about how you know they deserve their credit with some of the other teams that they're not getting. Uh, and I think, like, offensively, that's starting to take shape. You, you were talking about Oklahoma State's offense, how, how quickly they moved the ball, how fast they're wanting to get up the floor. West Virginia almost outran them in that Oklahoma State game last time. And I think that's a key part going into this matchup is the Mountaineers in transition are one of the best teams in the, in the league, maybe even in the country. They run the floor, uh, especially with their guard-heavy offense. They run the floor phenomenally well. Um, you have Jayla Hemingway, who is fantastic at grabbing a rebound and just going and making a play. Uh, like Almost all five girls on the floor at all times can handle the ball enough to take the ball up the court in a fast break and it's made them you've seen it over the season and then especially in that Oklahoma State game where they would just run the floor and they beat girls up the floor and and honestly it was kind of beating Oklahoma State at their own game and you see Coach Pete now they grab rebounds and she wants them to go she's you know encouraging them yeah they're running and gunning and early on in the season they would miss those layups sometimes and now they're not and and the other thing is they're also now they're not they're they're not forcing it a lot of times you know those missed layups they just sometimes weren't there. Uh, they, you know, they'd force a fast break or something. They'd try to go fast, and then they'd get themselves out of control. They're fast but smart fast breaks. They're in control now. They, they, Maddie Smith, Quinterly, Hemingway, they have this you know, mindset of it's okay to pull the ball out, set up our offense, because our half-court offense is now just as good as you know, getting out in transition like we were at the beginning of the year. Yeah, they, they had 14 fast break points against the Cowgirls. Yeah, I mean, they, and you could see it. Coach P was – when they would not run, Coach, that was almost when Coach Peter got at her angriest. She would jump up and down, screaming at him, like, like get up the floor, let's run. Because and they can do that with the best of the teams. You talked about how Oklahoma State loves to do that. Um, Baylor was another team that loves to do that, those long outlet passes. You know, they deserve the respect just with those other teams there offensively because they're getting it defensively. It's time that people start respecting them offensively as well. Yeah, 38 points in the paint against the Cowgirls last Wednesday at home. Uh, <laughs> that's a number that you really, really like to see. That's a that's a high volume of shots coming from inside, underneath the hoop, and you're making them. And that's a big, big key for this team. Uh, and I think that they've got a lot ahead of them, and I know they're not going to look too far ahead. They're going to take this one day at a time. But really quickly, because we're going to have to hit a break here in about two minutes, is 
if you have to play JJ and Maddie in a one-off on day two of this tournament, and it's the second day in a row you're playing a full basketball game at 110%, that's not going to be easy, man. I asked JJ about that on Wednesday after the game. I said, JJ, are you guys confident in the ability to play you know a couple days in a row here and she goes oh yeah we, we, we got this you know and, and her and Isis were joking about it and they were saying you know we we uh sleep and we wake up and then we stretch and then we go back to sleep and then we wake up and we stretch it's, and it was like a three times in a row she said that and her and Isis are just laughing the whole time about it together and you could tell that they were having fun and, and so uh this team is bought in they're bought into each other too which is a huge uh, uh thing for them as well and I think that they got a lot of opportunity in front of them. Final thoughts on this women's team before we head out for the first break. I would love to see a day in their life like what do they do? Like I know they obviously you know. Go I don't practice. know if I could do it. <laughs> I, I think it would just be so much and I think that's what kind of like helps them a little bit. They just have to be mentally tough. Like getting through those days you know balancing school doing all that stuff and again I think mental toughness is one of the most important skills that anybody could have. So it's going to definitely benefit them during this conference uh, tournament. Yeah. Do any of you guys want to go run up and down the floor time and time again? I know I can't uh, that do that. That was called the pacer test. <laughs> we tried in the U92 in the League. It didn't end so well. So. <laughs> Are you talking about anybody in specific that's in the room, Brian? No, I was, I was literally talking about myself mostly. Oh, okay. But. Yeah, Brian failed us. Um, okay. Oh, okay. We've had a great talk, whoa, 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 whoa. Tanner. <laughs> they played their best Wait, game no, when right. you weren't there. Let, let me ask you this. Okay, so we'll, we'll be done with the women's team for now. We'll probably check back in in a second, like in in the next hour. But do you do you guys enjoy when somebody just texts you your name, or does that freak you out? Like if if you're sitting there at home and it's like you know ten o'clock at night and somebody just texts you Sean with no context, like don't you think that means they need you or something? Like, immediately, doesn't that kind of freak you out a little bit? Yes, but I think it's a bigger issue if they call you. Well, yes, but, like, if you're just sitting there... and I hate answering my phone. Well, no, I understand that, but if they're, like, Sean, or they're, like, Anissa, does that not freak you out? No, it's just your name. That's how my friends and I talk to each other. Okay, I can't... Okay. Like, full caps are names. That's how you get their attention. But if I see a text and it's just my name... Does that not freak you out? I'm inclined to go, what? Like, yeah. what's happening? No. What do you need? So Brian does that My to me. My sister does that to me <laughs> no. all the time. Brian does it to me, and I yell at him. And I say, Brian, well, please stop doing Tanner, that. You, you freak also, me you out were, so much. So I text you, Tanner, and you respond before I finish my next paragraph. What? Because it freaks me out. I'm like, Brian, are you okay? And he's like, okay. you're you a know, good the friend. The one time I text him, Tanner, before, like, I swear, just then I see Tanner's calling me right away. He's like, are you okay? So, right. <laughs> I'm worried about him. I don't want him to do that. Well, what you have to do is. respect respect Lambert for that. It's a good friend. Right. And so I yell. I'm like, Brian, do you have to. I wasn't not respecting it. No, no, I'm not. I've asked him before, Brian. Please don't do that. It freaks me out. And so he does it last night. Okay, we're all together for like five <laughs> okay, hours. I'm sorry, but if you would have told me that, I'd also do it on purpose. A couple times. <laughs> no, it makes me so mad. It freaks me out. I'm worried about it. And I, he goes, he goes, Tanner. I go, Brian, are you okay? And he goes, You're a good friend. And that's all he says. <laughs> it just makes me so angry. Yeah, I do that because I did that because I'm like, you know, Dude, Tanner, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I was not prepared for this this early in the morning. All right, <laughs> to see these two come together. Yeah. Oh, I, my gosh. I was like, I, There's I told, hope for us all. There's I was like, hope for us all. I, I had to catch him off guard because I knew that's probably the last thing he ever expect me to say. I think oh, I guys, just need some entertainment. <laughs> you guys are going to have a flashback to your freshman year when you guys go to Kansas. Oh, just living in the same yeah. room together. I might have to get You're going to wake up to Polo G. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to set my alarm right now. Stop. What's the song? Blackhearted? That's Blackhearted, horrible. yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tanner, you like that song. You like that song. <laughs> <laughs> Look at 
<laughs> See, you made him smile, Sean. Great smiling, job. He can't wait. You guys have he no idea how wait. much I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not because like it's bad or something. I mean, it probably is. Brian, I'm gonna right. He's heard it so much. I got you. Of him. Well, oh, wake up. No, you guys, guys, you guys, like, you remember when Apple did that commercial where it was like the Apple alarm sound? Yeah. Yes. And how annoying that was, and yeah. like people were like, "Please stop playing that because it sounds." When Blackheart had started, that like that uh, that was the alarm hey, sound. And I, oh it my god! Did the job? The class, man. Okay, we'll hit the first break of beat the clock here. That was an hour on women's basketball. That was great coverage there. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk about the men's team, talk some bracketology, and we'll have some more fun. This is beat the clock on U ninety two The Moose WWVU FM Morgantown. U92 The Moose is your home for the best sports coverage you're going to find here on the campus of West Virginia University. It all starts on Wednesdays from 6 to 10. It's the Sports Block on U92. From 6 to 8, we're talking WVU sports with a tilt towards on-campus coverage. From 8 to 10, it's the Sports Page taking a look at all the national stories you want to hear the U92 sports staff talk about. Then at the bottom of every hour, Tune in for breaking news on all of the top stories in sports by members of the U92 staff. And finally, live sports on U92 The Moose are the bread and butter. Tune in for coverage of both WVU soccer teams, women's basketball, baseball, and WVU hockey live on 